Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan, and I'm proud to welcome you to episode six of our brand new podcast. Joining me is the man himself, Mr. Regold. Welcome, Ree. Hey, how's it going, Stacey? Wonderful. We are well and truly on a roll now. Thank you to everybody who's subscribing and, and loving the podcast and giving us such lovely feedback. It's so great to hear from you. How's your day? How's how's the life and world of Regold? You know, today is a day where you have to enjoy the journey because it's cold, it's cloudy, it's dark, and uh, I'm working really hard, so I'm smiling my way through and <laughs> enjoying it. Living the dream. Yes, as best as I can. (laughs) Today we're talking about building your studio culture. And this is an area where I feel like I'm living my dream. I love talking about culture and atmosphere and how you build the right space um, for learning for your students. For some teachers and studio owners, you can get so overwhelmed with the day-to-day, getting to class, teaching this routine, making sure those costumes are bought. You don't have time to really worry about culture and and some studio owners will be listening to this thinking what does that even mean what are you talking about can you describe to us what studio culture means to you and how you see it manifesting in studios all over the world okay yes um i did a little research this morning stacy and i looked up uh the actual definition of culture i'm going to share that and then we'll continue on great the set of shared attitudes values, goals, and practices that characterizes your studio or your classroom. I thought I'd do a couple comparisons here uh, to define one or the other when it comes to culture. Or, or So for me, I, I like a culture that's organized, accepting, and passionate is the best way to say it. Now, to me, when I say organize, to me, it's organized versus chaos. To me, it's accepting versus judgmental. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to give you the opposite. Yeah. Passionate versus apathetic. Yeah. So if I were to take that last one, passionate versus apathetic, to me, that reflects my employees, but mostly my classrooms and the faculty that I have. Are they passionate every time that they walk into the classroom or are they passionate at specific times and a little apathetic at specific times? So to me, when I think culture, I am always presenting a faculty that's passionate. And Our listeners may say, well, what about if you're having a bad day? I'm going to answer this way. We are professionals. If If the same person who asked me that question were about to hit the stage, my guess would be that they'd get out there and they'd be a professional and nobody would know that they had anything going on in their lives that wasn't positive. Mm hmm So to me, that's the way you must walk into a classroom, as though it is a performance. Okay, so you can't just talk about what your culture is. You have to live your culture. Yeah. So 
when I ask teachers and studio owners, tell me, let's say we're creating a philosophy for your school. And I say, tell me some characteristics that you'd like to include within your philosophy. Almost everyone includes family friendly. Yeah. So today I thought I'd, I'd play with what I consider a family friendly culture and give some examples. Great. If you say you're a family friendly culture, you must be aware of the atmosphere that you're creating. That atmosphere is reflected in your lobby area. It's reflected in how your classrooms appear, the atmosphere within them, the language that you use at your studio, the way the people dress who are teaching within the classroom, music choices, choreography, costuming. Each one of those things and more, I just, I just put a few down here, all must reflect that overall culture. So, for example, if you're family-friendly, your music choices are not going to be choices where somebody, grandpa, sitting in the audience is going to be offended by the music you use because you never would have got to that place because your culture of family-friendly wouldn't have allowed you to use the music in the first place. And your staff would know immediately not to choose those songs because they would be putting it through the filter of, is this part of our culture? Is this family-friendly? Correct, correct. So you have to carry it through. And in a minute, I'm going to talk about the trickle-down effect of, of, of you, the owner, knowing what your culture is, but then spreading it down yeah. the pyramid. So I'll go there in a second. But this is another part where you must carry it through. In your marketing, if your culture is family-friendly, then I see marketing that isn't uh, in any way risque, isn't the girl who's the national winner of a dance competition. It's everybody's average everyday children. It's kids that the clientele that you want to bring in their children look like that. Their children are like that. To me, that's family-friendly when I'm marketing within my culture. It means that every child can come to my studio and is welcomed, and they will be a part of our family and a part of our culture. Yeah. You, also, you have to carry it through on all social media, always upbeat, always on top of your game, always passionate about your school, always promoting family-friendly activities. Even within your own studio, are there things that you can incorporate, let's say, on a monthly basis within the theme of being family-friendly that reminds the students, that reminds the parents, that reminds your faculty and staff that this is what our culture is about. You also uh, have to carry it through when you take your students out of your studio. If you're a family-friendly studio, then our attitude 
from the owner all the way through the faculty, through the parents, through the kids, is this upbeat, very friendly, caring about each other, and living the family-friendly life. It's just so important, isn't it? It's not, it's not going to be, you know, what step you're teaching in the dance studio, but, but how your, your clientele are going to feel about you from the moment they walk in the door. They should be able to tell what that culture is because it goes through everything. It, to me, it's, it's who you are. It is the soul of your school. And, you know, like when you started today, we said people are so busy, they don't even, they, they haven't thought about the culture. To me, the culture is the recipe for success because you know what it is that you're selling to the community. You haven't just opened a dance studio and said, I'm just going to do this model that everyone else does and hopes that it'll work for me. You're, you create a culture within your school and that culture is what attracts your clientele. That culture is what excites the people who come every week. Reality is that it doesn't have one thing to do <laughs> with the training. And that might be hard for those who work daily to produce the best dancers, but that's a minority those dancers are a minority are a minority in most studios. Yeah. So if your culture is acceptance of all students, and that is the way you your the philosophy of your business is based, that means that everybody comes in the studio and feels the same joy. It isn't it is enjoy for these kids because they're really good. And you know what? These other kids aren't as important. So we're less focused on them. It's joy across the board. Yeah, absolutely. So for studio owners and teachers who are starting out or who perhaps haven't thought about this until this conversation, how do they go about deciding what parts of themselves, you said culture is about you and yourself. How do you, how do you decide what parts of yourself are going to really infuse that culture and, and move that forward? And how then do you immerse that culture in, in everything that you're doing? So I guess that's a hard question. I'm going to take the, uh, how do you decide what your culture part is uh, first here? I think it's, it's, Sitting back, having no distractions, and saying to yourself, why do I love to teach? And how do I want to use that to have a positive effect on the next generation that dances through my school? And how you're going to when you decide what it is that you want to do to influence these kids, like, for example, I want all of the kids in my studio, especially the ones who are there all the time, to know that they have to balance school with their dedication to dance. So you are creating a culture where within your classrooms and within those rehearsals and all the things that are going on with these dancers, you're aware that they have to do well 
in school and you're encouraging them to do well in school, you're giving them the time that they need to do well in school and reminding them that it is their time to do just that and that you value that. So let's say I incorporate that within my culture. Parents are going to really like me more than the parents in a studio where they're saying dance must come first. Mm, absolutely. Okay. And, and so I don't care if she has this thing or that thing going on. Dance is first. No, I look at it as I want dance to be something that is at the forefront of these kids' lives. Not because they're awesome dancers, but because the dance experience is about their soul, about being in the classroom and losing themselves in that. I think all kids need that. But at the same time, in order, it's, it's in life. In order to have this thing that brings you pleasure, you must work hard at, at, at something on the other side so that you have the time to give yourself this thing. Those are the lessons. That doesn't have to do with turnout. It doesn't have to do with dance or how high you're going to jump. It's about building characteristics in children. So that's something that I incorporate into the culture of, a, of my studio is the value of education. Then I follow through. Yeah. Did that, that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And it follows through in the way you timetable so that you give the kids the time to be able to go and do their homework or to participate in, you know, that extracurricular activity. And it, it feeds through to the way you speak to the parents when you're talking to them about how you value education. And then of course, in the classroom as well, when you're teaching, you might be teaching a jump, but when you're talking about, you know, their commitment and, and motivating them, that it feeds into that as well. Yes, it does. So I see it, Stacy, as a pyramid. I look at it as I'm the owner. If I've created this family-friendly atmosphere, the second I walk in the door of the studio, that's what I'm all about. If I practice it and I am the owner, it trickles down to the faculty and staff. And if the faculty and staff have it, it trickles down to the clientele, the parents and the dancers. And know this, normally that would be my pyramid. But if you have a clientele that loves your school because you are teaching positive characteristics that children could gain through the process, then you're influencing your whole community. So that's the word that's going to be out there. They may be the lowest part of the pyramid, but when someone thinks dance and they want what your culture offers, you're going to be it. So your culture is your presentation to the entire community. I love that. So I think within that last question, you said, how do you, how do you bring it in and, and take it through to your faculty and staff? I think it starts with, uh, let's say it's, I haven't even used the word culture with my faculty and staff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a meeting, bring in my faculty and staff. And I, you know what? I, I'm going to have that definition like I just read of what culture is, but I'm going to maybe go around the room and I'm going to say, what's your definition of culture? Yeah. 
Okay, and then I'm going to say, so within our studio, what do you think are things that we should be focusing on that we put at the forefront or what we, we believe are our priorities within the culture. Now, in your head, you already know what you'd like it to be because you've obviously spent some time on it. Yeah. But if you work with them and they give you input or they say something differently than the way you said it and you look at them and because you're building your culture right then and there and you say, that's a great way to say that. And you incorporate it into the culture that you're creating. You're going to have this group of people that are enthusiastically and completely understand what it is that you're talking about. Why do I say that? Because I can't create a culture and then not not communicate that with my faculty and staff. It may be on my website. And that's great if people read it. But if my faculty and staff have never read it, they're not acting it, they're not living it. And it's really, really easy to do, as you said, in a meeting like that, where you can give them the message and then they will pass that on to the students when they're talking, they'll pass it on to the uh, parents when you know they've got questions. And it's culture is something that you can really use to help define who you are to people who perhaps aren't fitting in. So if there's a parent that's being a bit painful and trying to push the boundaries coming back to culture is a really good way of saying, well, actually that's not the way we do things. Part of our culture is we're family friendly. So we are going to be understanding of, you know, X, Y, Z. Correct. Correct. And I always look at parents, let's say that a parent is upset about a child's class placement or something and I look at them and I explain that I've been at this for so long, I never take class placement lightly. And then I explain why I made the decision to put the child where I put the child. And then I follow that up with, if you'd like to discuss this in a few months again, I'll be happy to speak with you. And that is a culture of being friendly. I mean, we can associate it with family, but it fits into my friendly atmosphere. Yeah. I'm not mad at you for asking me the question. Actually, if I'm a smart teacher, when I made the decision at that point, I figured out the answer. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's not like, okay, this mom is going and child are going to accept this and come and give me a big hug. I've made a decision here. And when I know the mom or child's going to ask me, I pre-thought out my very professional, friendly answer, and everything's peaceful. And if the person isn't happy, I have enough confidence in myself to allow them to move on. Yeah, that's, I like that you touched on that because sometimes people will leave us just because of culture, because they don't fit in with the culture that we've established. Correct. Correct. But if you have a culture, my word is accepting. I feel like almost everyone fits in. Yeah. Okay. And let me say this, probably 100% of the children fit in. Sometimes it's the parents that don't fit into our culture. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that's kind of a, 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 sometimes we have to let a student go, not because of the student's actions, but because the parent is hurting our 
culture is spreading a vibe that is completely the opposite of what we're all about. And we have to be confident enough to say, no, 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 no. You're not going to interfere with what I know is working and building healthy minds, bodies, and souls. So that parent and the child must go somewhere where that parent will be happier. Yes. Yeah. Not an easy thing for a studio owner to do, but when you, when you take that person out, the culture blooms. Correct. See, see, you have to put culture, if you want success, before the one student. The culture and reinforcing the culture and being dedicated to it will make your studio grow and gain you respect. Absolutely. Allowing someone to intimidate you and take you away from your focus is only going to hurt. I've been there. (laughs) So what are some of the most important touch points when it comes to being able to see a studio's culture when you walk in the door or when you read the website or when your child first experiences a class at that studio? What are some of the touch points that are around that are important to really get right when it comes to culture? I feel like the culture that's focused on the mind, the soul, as well as dance, so I'll call it mind, body, soul, as well as dance, the culture that is focused on teaching kids to have good characteristics that will make them better people when the dance lessons are over or they go off to college or they pursue their life's dream. Uh, The culture is kids who appreciate each other and become friends that last a lifetime. Uh, mind is is building students who are confident in themselves, not because they're the best dancer, but because someone believes in them as a person. So therefore, they're confident whether they're the best dancer or not, because it's about what they feel on the inside when they're dancing. So I feel like I it's it's probably easier for me to say what's not a good culture, because I could go on on this side forever. What's not a good culture is we appear to be only interested in the best kids. We appear to be interested in the accolades that our studio can win. We appear to be interested in disseminating negative information about other studios or the way other dance teachers do things. Those are all things that should never, ever, ever, ever be a part of our culture. And it's important to be diligent about those things all the time and making sure that there's nobody else, like if you might not be doing it and your faculty might not be doing it, but if there's other parents that are talking negatively about other schools and not doing the right thing that doesn't fit with your culture, you've got to shut it down. So, so let's, let's tap on that for one second. So I'm the studio owner and someone comes into my studio from someplace else. And that person starts speaking negatively about the school or studio that they came from. 
before they can get three words out of their mouths, I say, wait, that's my friend. We don't talk negatively about other studios. Now, you have explained your culture without them having been in there one second. Haven't you? Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so, so at this point, they have to decide, did they come to this school to be that negative person? Or are they willing to let go of all their feelings of negativity that they may have for that previous studio owner and come in and be a part of this happy culture? Yeah, and they should know right there in that moment whether they're Correct. a good fit. Mm. Correct. And, you know, I have no problem walking out to a group of parents to reinforce my culture. Let's say I heard some parent gave a group of kids a ride home and said something negative about a teacher. Yep. I have no problem walking out into the waiting room and looking or the lobby and looking at the moms and saying, you know, one thing about our culture that I like to reinforce is that adults, uh, that as adults, we never say anything negative about any of our children's teachers because that teaches them not to respect the adults in their lives, right? <laughs> and then I walk away. Yeah. <laughs> and three quarters have no idea, but actually like the message. And the one quarter gets my drift without me having said much at all. Yeah, without you having to drag them into your office and have a big official meeting and all of that icky stuff. Yeah, I always do things like as parents, we don't do that. Like your child wants to miss a rehearsal. I say, you know, that one of the things that we're teaching is commitment and dedication to other people that, that you're obligated to. It's not up to me whether you're going to miss this rehearsal. Yeah. This is a decision that you're making, and you've either decided that you're going to let them down or not. So please let me know the decision within 48 hours so I can plan appropriately. Let me know your decision. <laughs> Putting it That's back on it. them. Yeah. That's it. I know we're off of culture, but... but if you set up a policy and you say everybody must be at rehearsals on February 2nd, it's a mandatory rehearsal, and someone calls you, it's not your choice whether you can let them go. You throw it back at them and you say, okay, then you have a choice to make because this was mandatory. You know that if you don't do it, you can't be in it. Yeah. So please let me know your choice. We take it on, we feel the guilt, we give in, and then we lose control of our entire group. Yeah. But I think it is talking about culture because if we set a culture of commitment, so one of one of our yeah. cultural values is teamwork, and we explain that to the parents. If you're going to miss rehearsal, then how is what lesson are you teaching your child about teamwork and about their team members and letting them down? Yes, and, and that's what I'd say with, to that parent, actually. I would probably say something like, you know that 
with this dance comes the the lessons of teamwork and loyalty to other people and that's part of the commitment so i can't let her out because i can't let her go to to a place that's opposite of what the educational aspect of what i'm offering you is about see often the answer is a quick short one because you're confident in what it is you know is right yeah yeah. And sometimes we get overwhelmed in our head about having to have this conversation with that parent and thinking that it has to be a really big deal, but short and sweet. Yeah. I have something else I wrote down that I want to say uh, to our listeners before we wrap this up. Um, you can go about creating, let's say, once a week, every month, something that fits your culture. Let's say it's acceptance. So this week of December is all about acceptance. We, we spend some time at the end of class talking to the kids about acceptance. We maybe do a project within the school that's about acceptance. We, we work during that week. Our, our social media re, reflects the theme that we have for the week. Because if we do it on a monthly basis, and listen, if that seems too much, you could do it every other month. All of our faculty, that trickle-down effect is, is being reminded each month, each theme, and it's reinforcing the culture of the school. Yeah, I love that. Do you have any examples, Ray, of what you think is getting it right as far as culture goes? I know you've talked about family-friendly and inclusiveness. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Don't fake it. What do I mean by don't fake it? Don't say a culture, don't promote a culture, don't uh, put it out on social media unless you're going to live it. Mm -hmm. One of the worst things that you can do for your business is say you're family friendly and then people walk in and you are not. Yeah. I see that as a problem many times or somebody says we specialize in preschool they are our priority and then a, a parent walks in and they have all 15 year old teachers teaching their preschool kids are running around they're not getting a good education yet you said preschool was your priority you are not living it so what that does is they leave angry and that word of mouth that spreads in your community is not good no so if people are listening and deciding i want to create a culture for my school or it's the beginning i'm going to start to focus on these things any decision you make you must promise that you are going to live by that statement yep very wise words to finish on i think i love it I love talking about all of these things. This is why the podcast is so much fun. <laughs> if you're enjoying listening to us, we, um, we really hope that you will leave us a rating or review on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify. We just love putting these episodes together for you and hope that you're getting lots out. We'd love them to share the podcast with your dance teachers and fellow dance studio owners, your friends up the road that you were referring to earlier, Ray, and anyone else you could feel that could get something out of it. It's really important, in, especially in these early days, that we show iTunes some love by collecting some ratings and reviews. So please help us get that going. Awesome. 
as we close, I have some final words tagging on something that Stacy said. You know that teacher up the street, you and her have more in common than anyone else. You're working within the same community, same clientele. If you've only heard negative things about them from someone else, maybe it's time for you to have a different perspective and possibly get to know that person and become an ally. I know it sounds tough, but wouldn't it be cool to have a friend rather than an enemy within your dance community? And it is possible. With that, I'm gonna say, enjoy the journey. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media Production. 